So Brianna Beersbach, who I adore, she's a fantastic journalist. She wrote a great story in the Star Tribune, and it had to do with the fact that we are now a sanctuary state when it comes to protecting those who are seeking gender-affirming care. Uh, in the article, she is ch- chatting with uh, Aaron Zimmerman, who is the executive director for the P-Fund Foundation. And he is kind enough today to join us because this article brings up some very interesting statistics that include the fact that Minnesota is indeed coming to appoint a refugee state. Uh, Aaron, once again, thank you very much. I appreciate the time today. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me here tonight as well. Uh, my pleasure. Now, so first of all, let's talk about your organization. What exactly does the PFUN Foundation do? Yeah, great question. So PFUN Foundation is a community foundation um, that supports the LGBTQ community across uh, the five-state upper Midwest, so the North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And our job is to, to mobilize resources into our communities in order to advance equity for all. The, and, and how long have you been, been working on this? Yeah, I mean, this work has been, um, you know, many years in the making, but honestly, uh, we're just so thankful that our, our legislators took this bold action to uh, designate Minnesota as a trans refuge state. And that has allowed us at PFUND and a number, a number of other organizations to really, you know, move to action here. Well, and it, it, it is interesting from what you described, the states you're working in, you have to have a very different approach in depending on where you're working in at that point, correct? Correct. And, you know, our our mission is not to make it so folks in North and South Dakota or Iowa right now are forced to move to a state that's affirming, but rather give them the option to, to have safe and affirming communities where they live and where their families are, where their where their community is, or if they if they so choose, come to Minnesota. But unfortunately, legislators in those states, as well as many other states across the country, have have made that have taken away that choice and really have kind of forced the hand for a lot of trans uh, individuals and families with trans youth they have to make the choice to move here. The the bellwether for horrible is Texas. I mean, that's kind of the one that's been driving a lot of people away. Are are any of these states? as bad as Texas is right now, where it's, you know, the Paxton is out there demanding hospital records from out of state so they can prosecute people. Is there anything that bad in the Dakotas or Iowa? You know, every state's going to be a little bit unique. Um, And each of the states are kind of, you know, I feel like um, maybe anti-trans legislators are testing out different messaging, different laws and, and different strategies across each state. I know North and South Dakota are often because they are, they lean pretty heavily red are often a testing ground for some really insidious bills. Um, mm-hmm. And also in states like North and South Dakota, there just isn't a huge infrastructure for uh, LGBTQ populations to access things like housing, healthcare, and, and, and the like. So um, it's definitely pretty bad. And so one of the things is the question is, once we became this refuge state, were we actually seeing refugees? And you've done some studying here and you've done some questionnaires. And indeed, it sounds like Minnesota is picking up population for lack of, I think it's the correct term. It's refugees. We are picking up refugees from other states who are coming here because Minnesota is a safe place for them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had that exact same question you had at the, at the end of the legislative session, knowing that all these other states um, we're ex- experiencing kind of the opposite from us, which was we were like, let's welcome folks here. We said, well, we need to know how many people that is. Is it going to be a dozen? Is it going to be, you know, hundreds? And we got to we got to together with a number of other organizations and formed the Minnesota Trans and Intersex Resource Network. And we helped uh, support with the funding uh, Twin Cities Pride to to really start to capture this. And and it's working, becoming mm-hmm. boldly stating that we are a trans refuge state has given folks the confidence to 
to move, pack up their lives and move to Minnesota. And so we um, have seen just record numbers of, of folks moving here in it. And we know too, that that's only a small segment. These are, these are people who are actually filling out the survey, people who are um, knowing about this resource. Uh, and so we know that the numbers are much greater. Well, and it's, 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 it's kind of to a point, people that are a specific point in their personal journey versus I have to imagine as well, just people who, you know, with what's going on in the privacy of people's own homes. And they know, you know, that there, there's this, this is something that might need to happen with them and realizing that Idaho or, or, you know, uh, you know, Wyoming or Texas is not the place for them to be. It's kind of, it's going to be kind of hard to get a gauge here, but what are some of the numbers you're seeing as far as how many people from your experience in, that you can authoritatively say have no definitively come to Minnesota as a refugee state? Yeah. Yeah. So in the first six months of collecting that data, we've, um, we've captured on uh, through this survey, 150 individuals and families. And some of those families have multiple children. And one of those kids might be um, trans or gender expansive. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers are much higher. And, um, but definitively, we can say, um, you know, 150 folks have, have a, um, filled up a survey said, I'm, I've already moved here recently, I'm moving here in the next three months, I'm moving here in the next six months. And we, I should have also mentioned in the article that Brianna Beerspach put out there, which I highly recommend I'll post later on, uh, Tennessee, Florida, other states that have also put in some pretty atrocious laws on this. It, you know, I have to imagine some of the stories you're hearing are with a lot of uh, you know exasperation. You know, just, you know, we were hoping this wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. We were kind of pleading that wasn't. But when it became clear that we were targets in our own community, our own homes, that they had to leave. I imagine that's something, a recurring theme you're coming across a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and honestly, it's emboldened employers and schools mm-hmm. and other things. These laws, even though they're, they're happening in, in the halls of legislators and um, at city councils and, and school boards, it's, it's emboldening other folks to, to really take advantage of this. And, you know, we've heard um, stories of people being fired, terminated for their trans identity because they, they know that there isn't going to be a huge repercussion against them because they're, you know, their state legislator is, is vastly supportive of that anti-trans kind of agenda. And so it's, it's becoming really untenable for these folks. And so some of them are moving preemptively knowing that this legislative session that we're entering into is, is probably going to be worse. And we're already seeing in states like Ohio, like things are, are getting worse, um, not improving. The story that Brianna put out goes also down and talks about uh, something which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, but it is also a little bit concerning. And I imagine it's something that your organization is working with as well, is that, sure, it's we're a refugee state, but we still pretty much only have the same amount of uh, gender affirming healthcare infrastructure in place that we had before. So now it's just we have this incredible demand and even references back to it's quite a few weeks delay now between, you know, someone signing up for an appointment and being able to get seen. Correct. Correct. And, you know, we in the survey, we asked um, what the number one concern for these families moving here is. Is it employment? Is it housing? And 90 percent of them, nearly 90, I think it's 89 percent said healthcare is our number one concern because that's what's really being targeted um, in these states is, is prohibitions against accessing life affirming and life saving medical care for especially trans youth. And yeah, we're already our, 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 our systems are already burdened by the, the sheer number of people who need those services here in the first place. And so as we're thinking about the kind of solutions to really make Minnesota a welcoming state that not only are we saying we're welcoming, we actually are showing up and um, for these folks moving here, but also for the folks that already live here. 
what is that holistic solution? And um, it's been really great to to work with care providers like Family Tree Clinic, who was referenced in the you know connected with in the in the article, but other organizations like Children's Minnesota, you know, Park Nicolet's Gender Affirming Care Program, you know, these other organizations about like what how are we gonna how are we gonna meet this need? You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 a, it's a momentous and um, historic kind of unprecedented experience that that these providers are are feeling. And it, and it's something that we're also seeing with the the uh, Planned Parenthood with Minnesota being uh, an abortion rights state that they're getting overwhelmed as well in some of these locations. So uh, it is an interesting problem that we're having. It's 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 a great idea here, but now we got to follow through on some of this stuff. Aaron Zimmerman joining us right now, the P Fund Foundation. He's the executive director over there. So if you could have your perfect world and you could go over to the 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 St. Paul right now and say, hey guys, we need this. What would you say? is the biggest priority is an expansion and, and give us an idea of what, what that would look like. No, that's a great question. You know, we've thought about this a lot. We've tapped into community, you know, we've been working alongside both community members, care providers, and our legislators to, to kind of come up with a stopgap measure. And that is simply increasing the FTE of doctors, providers who are providing this care to our communities. And we've come up with some really fun, you know, and exciting solutions that I think, um, you know, are still in the works. We're, we're talking, uh, with legislators now about, you know, how do we train up more doctors, more providers, more PAs um, across the state, really? Because when folks are moving from, say, rural Florida, they're not necessarily going to want to live in, in Minneapolis. They're going to want to live somewhere that's similar to the community that they've chosen to, like, be a part of in Florida. And so we know we need to bring care across the state. We really need to be considering what uh, the care provision looks like in places like St. Cloud, which, um, you know, was referenced in the article as well, but Moorhead, Duluth, and especially these border communities where, you know, you have to cross state lines in order to receive a very uh, medically approved and like very like well, um, you know, articulated type of care. And that brings up another interesting point. I mean, it, let's say Fargo. Let's say, you know, you got, you got Fargo, you got people there. You could have families that move to Fargo, stay in North Dakota, but are coming across the border into Moorhead to get medical care there. Is that yeah. something we're seeing a lot of right now? Is I mean, so it's not necessarily people refugees into Minnesota, but a, a, a larger population of the gender affirming population uh, in in these border towns. Yeah, yeah, we totally are. And, you know, uh, organizations like Gender Justice are working on a lot of this, too. Doctors have to cross, you know, the the onus, the like political and like criminal onus is on the providers um, in a state like North Dakota. And so doctors who were already providing this type of care um, have to cross the border and set up shop in Moorhead. So mm -hmm. we're really seeing and, 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 you know, to Minnesota's benefit, we're seeing this just like boom of of really progressive, really um, thoughtful and inclusive families moving across the border into Minnesota and making Moorhead the desirable place to live because they know that, that their doctor won't go to jail for, um, you know, providing care. Well, and I mean, let's face it, Minnesota kicks caboose. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a nice state. They got good wages. We got a heck of an art scene and really good music. And, you know, I, it, you know, I think one of the things which is interesting, you brought this up, and this kind of goes into the larger health care issue. Uh, that, you know, yeah, I'd love it if people could come from like rural Tennessee and move into rural Minnesota. But now we're dealing with the problems with these these hospitals in rural Minnesota cutting back on all care, you know, going down and getting rid of obstetric care and on these things. And so, you know, it, it, this is a multi-layered, thick problem that, you know, infringes on a lot of other problems, too. But it, it requires, I mean, it'd be really cool if this issue in Minnesota got us to fix kind of the problems we're having in rural health care because, well, we need to make sure we, ha we have this demand. It's a, you know, and 
I understand the hospital industry. They're, they're a little money makers. But if they knew that they could make some money because we have all these refugees here and they could offer services, I think that'd be a win-win across the board. Yeah, yeah. Our, you know, our hope is that, you know, as folks move here, they can access, you know, trans people, gender expansive people, those families, they need all types of care. They need, you know, like they need OBGYNs. They need mental health care. They need all kinds of care. We really have to tackle that problem. And and I think for us at P-Fund Foundation, it really is about, you know, how are we, you know, bringing this kind of really marginalized group that's experiencing really traumatic having to pick up your whole life in order to, to protect your family. Uh, you know, we really want to make sure that those people are, are cared for. And, and, and so, you know, as we approach and uh, work with our legislators, it is really thinking about that wraparound. Like what, how do we fully, you know, how are we making sure that these folks get jobs, how do they get housing? Because those are taxpayers. Those are people who are going to come yeah. here and contribute to our amazing state and the amazing um, communities that we have. So I, th- I feel like it's a real win for us to have folks uh, wanting to move here and really contribute to this amazing state that we have. Have you done any research on what your what, what could be an estimate of uh, in the long run how many people the, how many families Minnesota might pick up uh, nationwide moving here because of our progressive policies? You know, uh, it's hard to say. You know, I'm not you know not a statistician by any by any stretch of it, but you know, I feel like it's a factor of what we what we've identified. It has to be. You know, I've talked to real estate agents. I've talked to folks in the schools. They're seeing considerable movement. Like it is it's recognizable across a lot of industries. And so, you know, in the long term, especially if things continue, if, you know, depending on how, you know, the, the presidential election happens, how these legislators continue to, to use trans folks as a, as a, a wedge issue in order to like, you know, further some other political agenda, it's going to be big, it, it, you know, and, and for a, a community that is the size and, uh, that it is within the full population, 150 individuals and families, a lot of people, um, even considering. So whatever it is, it's going to have a ripple effects in the, in the state. Well, and you bring that up. I mean, I, I know people in the school districts that said this last school year started and all of a sudden they had a lot of people that were not in Minnesota the year before that were here now. So it, it's, yeah. I think it's coming across in multiple different issues. And obviously this one makes, you know, tremendous amount of sense because, you know, are you going to go someplace where they're going to threaten you, try to arrest you, try to run you out of town? Or are you going to come someplace where, Hey, you're welcome. Come on in. We'll do the best we can. But it clearly need to get an expansion of the the the, the healthcare options, the mental health care options, and then just anything with expanded population. We have to look at housing. We have to look at all that stuff as well, too. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, we're trying to bite off what we can chew at this point, which right now is that is that healthcare because it is a big it's a big issue, and yeah. we've been working. P Fund's been around since 1987. We've been working on this this for a long time. The organiz Outfront Minnesota and gender justice and all these organizations transforming families are doing really transformative work, but we've got to get resources injected into the ecosystem so we can, can address these problems. Which brings up my final point to you. Obviously your organization has a lot of need right now. You're not, not only are you having to work in lobbying politicians, but you have people on the ground that need help as they're coming here. So let's get people in touch with P fund foundation. How do they find you? Yeah, no, that's it. Thank you for for giving that platform because the work is, you know, we've got a lot to do. So we're launching our Transcend campaign, which is a targeted, you know, fundraising campaign that's geared solely towards our trans communities here in Minnesota and across the region, because we know that we don't live in a vacuum. Uh, And that you can find out more information about that campaign and how to support it. And then how to get connected into this work at our website, Mm -hmm. pfundfoundation.org pfundfoundation.org that's p f u n d foundation.org 
I'll link to all this later on today. So just go to the social media pages, find it there, and make a donation because, once again, people are looking to Minnesota as a safe place. One of the things that needs to happen is we need to have the arms wide open and help in any way we can. Getting funds to P-Fund Foundation is a really good way to do that. And obviously, it's it's something there's a great need for it right now. Aaron Zimmerman, the executive director over at P-Fund Foundation. Aaron, congratulations on the article. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today. And by all means, let's have you come back before too long, okay? Of course, Matt. Of course, Matt. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. An absolute pleasure to chat with you as well. Thank you very much. Let's take a break. Come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950.